0: Welcome to the Pinelander podcast, the official podcast of Pineland, broadcasting to you from an undisclosed location deep inside Pineland, where we discuss faith, family, finances, firearms, freedom, food, and everything else in between with those who believe in living free and living out the values that made this country free. Welcome to the Pinelander Podcast. My name is Paul Afaber. I'm here with my ranger buddy Mike Blackburn. Today is Friday, the sixteenth of June, 2023, and uh, you know it's almost summer. Gosh,
1: where's it? Where's the year going? It's, it's and it's time to check in with our legendary Pinelander friend to uh, uh, talk about this this important topic.
0: Absolutely. So we're reaching out in our network. That's right. Uh, to uh, NC Scout. Uh, As we're developing our own communication network, and we're getting uh, schooled on this, so
1: yeah, I think I think uh, we we, schooled would be right way. We have a tendency to kind of focus on the easy stuff, right? Which is um, water, uh, food, uh, security, um, getting our mind right, right, being in having a good relationship with God and what have you. Uh, But sometimes I think we forget a fact, uh, forget the fact that uh, we have to be able to communicate with others because. Um, we, even though we we're doing the best we can to be self-sufficient and, uh, self-reliant, there's going to be times where you're going to need to, to reach out, uh, to your, to your friends, family, your networks, uh, share information, uh, share resources. And you, you got to be able to number one, make the call. And number two, uh, know that, um, you know, it's private. You, know, you might not want to these might not be like public conversations. You might want to be having big so we, brothers
0: uh, watching. Yeah, so we,
1: you know, yeah. who do you call? Well, you call, you call him NC Scout. I mean, he's he's our he's our combo yeah. guru. So uh, so NC Scout, welcome back on the pine Yeah, welcome back, my friend.
2: Thank you, thank you. I really really uh, appreciate being here, and uh, and and love every opportunity I get to to break bread with y'all.
0: Hey, so let me set this up. I mean, I think uh, we have uh, mentioned before. Uh, NC South scout came out with his gorillas guide to the Baofeng radio i mentioned that before but for our listeners who didn't know that uh, you can go ahead and uh, pick that up online uh, it's going to have a lot of his material in it uh, a lot i think a lot some a lot of the things he's going to cover today but uh, today is really uh, as mike you were talking about is uh, giving us a clue right we have uh, a circle of trust right and we think about a lot of things about how to maybe, you know, uh, live off the grid, be self-sufficient, uh, self-supporting, get off the government teat. And, uh, this is kind of one of the things that a lot of people, uh, they blow off. And, uh, you know, 1984 is really not fiction, uh, sadly. And, uh, so big brother is watching, it's listening. And, uh, you know, we don't, we don't want that. Uh, we don't want big government snooping and pooping and, uh, that's that's why we need to have some of these skills as uh, you have oppressive you have oppressive forms of government uh, that can uh, uh, you know cancel you uh, that can uh, you know harass you and so this is why this is a good skill wherever things go they keep going the way they're going they go sideways might want to have
1: these skills yeah well I mean that's 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 what the pine winner is all about That's what blacksmith publishing is all about. We are, uh, this is a, uh, program that's, uh, and a, a company, uh, that's dedicated to the warrior class. And I think some people, um, you know, maybe have some confusion about, well, what, what is the warrior class? Well, the warrior class is what number one brought us security, brought us Liberty bought, brought us freedom and the warrior class is also responsible for maintaining freedom, uh, maintaining our American way of life, and uh, so that's what we do on this con- uh, this program. And for those that are that are new and just tuning in, um, this is a program for the warrior class, and we're not talking about uh, you know just some guys that uh, have, m- have maybe served in the soft community. We're talking about uh, uh, any you know, firefighters. Uh, law enforcement officers, uh, teachers, anybody that considers themselves uh, a, a, someone that's willing to get up and uh, protect your liberty, not just sit on the couch and wait for someone else to do it for you. Uh, so, yeah, communication is very important. I think it's one of those things, like you said, Paul, that uh, we have a tendency to just take for granted.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, so, uh, so NC Scout, we, we want to bring you in today. And, uh, and, you know, we know that you're, you're an SME on this. And uh, we want to just kind of take us take us to school on uh, how to set up a communication network, uh, and you know what what are the steps involved and in all those well, things.
1: Yeah, well, there's the first thing uh, maybe NC Scout can answer for us is, is why is it so ate up today? I mean, why you know why is it when I'm when I'm posting something, I'm not even sure if anybody's reading it. I mean, but yeah. how did that happen? I mean, why why wow. is the government so involved in my communications?
0: No doubt.
2: Well that's that's a a heck of a yeah. heck of a question to, to <laughs> we set we this, set it up there. You know, we're 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 diving into the, the uh deep into the pool right off right off the bat. And so I always begin these conversations because they do go so so deep and, and they're multi-layered um with with a question. And what is the purpose behind the communications whatever it is right when we talk uh, two-way radio when we talk about uh, cell phones which are uh, kind of their their own entity uh, which we'll be discussing um, satellite phones which you know in in the preparedness community continue to, to pop up and and that's kind of problematic. Um, they, they do have a use, but and, and I'm going to talk about that too. We talk about that all time. But pose the question, you know, what what is the purpose? And so the the way that I answer this question is that communications in totes, wh- whatever they are, right? Whether you, you know you're talking HF for regional communications, uh, line of sight or uh, VHF UHF, you know, which is kind of entry level for local community communications whatever it is um you you have really three domains of communications and the, the first one is sustained right sustainment sustains the quality of life it is um you know what we would place emergency service communications in so you know law enforcement fire ems all, all that kind of thing uh conventional telephone Service right, that that's part of sustainment—the the ability to you know call your neighbors or, um, call you know whoever and and check on them and make sure you know they, that that they're good to go. These are all sustainment communications, right? The next level that we have is tactical communications. Tactical communications uh, have an explicit purpose for coordinating fire and maneuver, right? So this is typically what people think of when they you know from our community from from the trigger puller community when we think about you know shoot and move and you know alpha team is is set support by fire is is ready you know we're going to begin engaging now assault elements ready to go you know all of that right prevention of fratricide uh and and the relaying of spot reports these are all tactical level communications and they have a Uh, specific task and purpose and finally our third category is clandestine communication and clandestine communications have the explicit purpose of first obscuring the fact that you're sending a message and then encrypting the message itself and encryption is is one of those things that is really a a deep dark tunnel to dive into as well because encryption Can mean different things to different people even though you know we say you know aes and you know all of the the buzzword terms the reality is is that encryption encryption comes in many different forms as well and until people are able to to, uh, differentiate each of those they have a really hard time wrapping their minds around each individual category so I want to back up real quick and ask the the listeners to really identify what that requirement is first, because I have different requirements for sustainment communications versus tactical communications versus clandestine communications. And you can have similar equipment that overlaps in each one of those roles, but they very much have their own considerations. And I break these down in the book. Um, I've broken these down in in other things that I've written uh, over the years, and this is a requirement that that you really need to to sit down and think about. Um, We talk about the Baofeng radio, right, going to two-way radio. Uh, Baofeng radio it's a basic analog, uh, meaning that there's no encoding mechanism that is uh, built into the hardware of the radio itself whatever sounds the microphone is picking up is what it's transmitting over the air. And uh, it operates in both VHF and UHF, right? So VHF is, is really more favorable in rural environments. UHF is more favorable in urban environments, right? Typically speaking, but something that I explain to people in uh, the RTO course, radio telephone operators course, is that for tactical purposes, UHF might be a really good thing to use in the wood line when you're operating in a, a rural environment because it, the, the signal itself doesn't propagate. Anything. And so you have communication security in that you're mitigating who can listen to you. They have to have a certain amount of proximity to you in order to monitor your communication. Sustainment communications, the opposite would be true because you want to have that maximum amount of range. So th- these, these are things to think about. All right. Uh, applying the Baofeng to clandestine communications, I cover quite a bit in the book. Uh, you know, you you can absolutely run many digital protocols over a Baofeng radio. It, it's very simple to do, and and I explain how to do that. Uh, most of the software, well, the the primary software package is 100% free. Uh, and FL message that is uh, Alpha November Delta Fox Lima message or uh, Mike Sierra Golf for short and 100% free to download that you can install it on any Android device out there um, I don't think there's an Apple version of it I could be wrong about that but I don't use Apple products uh, so you know it, it, it's but what this allows you to do is now I can take A tablet so for example where whatever corner i'm in in the united states i can walk into a pawn shop a walmart or a target and get an inexpensive android device that's essentially a throwaway i can have it set up in less than five minutes this thing is never going to connect to the internet and I'm going to upload and FL message on it. You can download the APK files, which is the actual program for the Android, and I keep it on a thumb drive. I have many of these thumb drives and I keep them, I I keep at least one on me. So, literally anywhere I go, I can upload these programs into an Android tablet. There's some other uh, messaging apps that I'm going to talk about as well, Uh, and and I'm going to get to. We talk about uh, phone communication uh, over, over longer distance. Well, this is just applying to radio. Um, the, so with this digital program, uh, with with NFL message, what I'm able to do with this is uh, utilizing a, a cable, which is known as a um, the Balfin K1 cable. It's an audio cable that you utilize uh, to plug into the audio jack of an Android device or, or even a computer. And then the other end of the plug plugs into the radio. What this allows you to do is have a direct line of the audio output to the radio's audio input. It's also listening to pretty much anything as well. And so now you have over 160 different digital protocols to pick from. And I can have essentially a, a tactical chat network that I have set up that only transmits when I want it to, by the mm. way, as, as opposed to uh, mesh networking that, that is uh, kind of popular in some circles, uh, ATAX, which I think is very problematic, uh, the Cat system, which was uh, kind of being fielded for a little while as uh, part of the the, uh, ATAG, the, the early ATAC system, uh, because these relied on a, a constant sending of a signal. And as we know now, what we've learned from Ukraine, uh, the presence of electronic warfare assets on part of both the Russians and the Ukrainians, is that the more RF we're putting out uh, on the modern battlefield, the worse it's going to be. Right. The 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 worst that that uh, well I would say that it it creates for us when we're already in a non-permissive environment it creates a number of uh, very serious hazards for us. So that's a quick and dirty on radio on the two-way radio aspect. And um, you know it, it, and so when when people say oh well you, you can't do this can't do that the dialing's unencrypted and so on so on and so forth. Well. That's not necessarily true. If if you're not doing what I just explained in, in very, very briefly about, uh then yeah, if if your whole thing is I'm just gonna press and talk, then you know, your your expectation of, of privacy is about on par with, with what we, we uh were able to do with the Taliban in Afghanistan, where we're just listening to every, you know, all all of their radio chatter. Uh so you know, with, with radio, I dive deep into this in the book and give step-by-step instructions on how to set that up and even how to encrypt messages themselves. Uh, you know, one-time pad is a very good way to do it. It does take some time. It does take some training. Uh, it, it You know, it's, it's like PT and land nav and, and rifle marksmanship. You know, it's... Being proficient in one time pad encryption method. takes some work. It takes some practice, um, you know, but I haven't had a class yet where. Students couldn't do it. Um, it is pretty simple math and, and they get pretty good at it by the end of class uh, in, in advanced RTO. But what I want to dive into and and kind of give it a, a quick rundown of radio skills because. That's, you know, I, I cover that very briefly because that's, that's one of those things that it's information a lot of people can source online. They can, you know, read the book, uh, read things I've written previously. There's a lot of other people that have written great stuff on it as well. And, and so that, that information is pretty cut and dry. But what's not necessarily um, out there, and I think it's very pertinent for people in their day-to-day lives, whether they have a a very real uh, personal security, operational security need, or they just, you know, as you pointed out, they just don't want big brother over their shoulder. There are some techniques that that I want to talk about that I want to cover because there's a lot of misconception around cell phones, how cell phones work, Security with cell phones, the the actual surveillance that occurs with phones, um, specifically with phones, and, and and I really want to broach that topic. Yeah, so, I think
1: yeah, I think that's kind of you know where a lot of people are are curious about is because we hear um, you know all the reports uh, coming out from Snowden and what have you that. Uh, you know your phone's transmitting all the time. They're gathering data on you, you know, all the time. They can, they can turn on and turn off features in your phone without, without. You know, they have access to your phones. Um, and then you have folks like uh, Eric Prince, right? The uh, the former uh, founder of Blackwater, right? Um, he's come out with was sort of what he's uh, claiming is sort of a, uh, uh, you know, private. A truly private uh, cellular phone uh, that um, you know where they're they're not able to uh, you know upload if you will all your personal and private information so you know yeah it, it, this is definitely I think where people's concerns are. I think people are are interested in, 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 in trying to figure out what's what's the real deal is there anything is there anything you know uh, is there is there truly a private cell phone out there Or is there a way to communicate privately?
2: So to answer the first part of the question, is there truly a private cell phone option? No. Uh, Long story short, no. Um, I'm not wholly familiar with uh, Prince's device, essentially, that's been developed. But what I will say is this is cell phones have three pieces of unique identifiers attached to them and subsequently attached to you as well and they explain uh what those are and and how they are attached to you and and, uh, phone companies do this in a number of ways and yes the phone companies do this as well as the government uh you know anybody that thinks you know AT&T and Verizon and um, you know T-Mobile are are uh, operating in free space outside of the the fingers of of .dot uh, gov? No, uh, no, no, they're they're not. And the thing to understand is that everything that that Snowden said was 100% accurate. He he was not lying. Um, you know, we, we can probably get deep into the weeds about his motivations and, you know, what his intent was behind it and, it. and hey, you know, you'll get no argument out of me on that. But factually, he was correct. And so there, there's three pieces of information that are attached to your phone that fingerprint you, essentially. Uh, first is the International Mobile Equipment Identifier, or IMEI. OK, this is kind of the, the VIN number of your phone and every device has this. It is assigned to it. Um, th- there is no way around that. You do have a Mac uh, built into your phone. If, if you are utilizing a uh, smartphone, which you know, pretty much everybody is these days, you have a Mac address for that as well. But I'm going to talk about how to uh, mitigate some of that here in a second. But there is no way that you can mitigate your IMEI right it, it's not happening the second is your IMSI or your International Mobile Subscriber Identifier and this number is what is assigned to your SIM card so when you put your SIM card into your phone and you, you pair it with your IMEI now you create what is known as the carrier identity or the carrier number and that is your actual phone number, All right. So this is what, you know, people know you as, you know, you give out your phone number. This is what people know it as. And so those three pieces of information create a metadata package. So when you are being surveilled, it's not if you're being surveilled, it's when you're being surveilled. This is the tools, uh, the primary tool set that they use to build everything else about you. Okay, so cell phones are being tracked constantly. They're being triangulated constantly. and, And believe it or not, we can also pinpoint them even if they don't have any service. If they are cut off, they can also be cut on remotely. That technology exists. We have that ability to do it. We did it Oconus outside the United States. It can also be done inside the United States. We can pin last known or uh, uh, ping last known locations for phones, um, and and really the only way to mitigate that is removing a battery. But most phones, I, I don't know of any phones, uh, smartphones on the market today where you can actually remove a battery from it without damaging the device itself. So um, normally it's at this point of the conversation that a lot of people will throw their hands up and say, well, well, what's the point? Because if if they're constantly tracking me and they constantly know my position and they constantly are creating what's known as proxemics. Proxemics are a big part of intelligence collection and in turn intelligence analysis. Uh, When we're looking at patterns of life, you know, where you go, who you interact with, um, what routes do you take going to and from your daily activities, Uh, when do you begin most of your activities? All these are patterns of life, right? This is what's called patterns of life. And so um, you could be targeted for a wide variety of reasons. Aside from governmental, a, a lot of this activity happens with sales and with ad trackers as well. It, it's the exact same thing. Um, the, the very same thing is, is occurring, and people don't even know. It. Uh, you, you put games on your phone, they're tracking. You, okay, all those advertisements are tracking. You. And at a minimum, right, there's a lot of other pieces of, of uh, identification or, or metadata that is getting collected on you. But at a minimum, the IMEI and the MC number are what are being put together and it's maintaining your carrier number. Uh, this is really important to understand. This lays the foundation for us uh, going forward to know that, that this is what we're seeking to obscure and there is really no way to access a a phone carrier network domestically here in the United States without having those pieces of metadata assigned to you because the tower has to recognize your phone, right? Even if, here's the thing too that I always point out to people, even if, let's say you don't have any service, you're in a place where you don't have any service, let's say you've got Verizon and the only thing that's in in a given location is AT&T right? So you don't have service. You can still call 911, right? I ask people, well, oh, oh, I don't have any service here. Well, you can still call 911, right? Well, yeah. Because you're still getting pink, they still have your location. You can still access that tower only for emergency service, right? So th- they're still getting you. E- even though you're you're going to a place where maybe you don't have any service or maybe you're taking a cell phone out to an area that it is devoid of any cell phone service like let's say white sands in New Mexico right you can still get identified out there pretty quickly because we have a lot of devices that are literally sniffing out those cell phone signals right in the gsm band in the cdma band um you know 4g lte network now you know 5g is is uh, getting much more prolific out there um you know and, and a lot of people have 5g phones now the because of the frequency range you know all, all the way up into five gigahertz that's what 5g is we're now creating uh a, a very easily exploitable at least from uh direction finding and pinpointing a location conducting rdf We we can do that and that's because your your phone is constantly emitting a signal well, that signal that it's emitting is your IMEI, IMSI number to create that carrier number so you can actually get a call out.
1: Well, is what your well, well, let me ask you a question real quick because uh, I'm, I'm listening to you here and, uh, and I'm taking notes. Um, is there truly a burner? I mean, we always throw these terms around like, yeah, get yourself a burner. You know? it, it does, it, does a burner really exist? Is there such thing as no. a burner? No. No,
2: because... Is there such a thing as getting a disposable phone? Sure. You know, you, you can go to Walmart. You can go to Dollar General, even. They're, you know, they're selling phones. Um, picking up you know a, a track phone. That's fine, right? It's essentially a disposable phone. But here's how, you know, just because you think, okay, well, this phone isn't assigned to me. I'm only calling this one individual with this phone. Well, that may be true uh, that, that you are doing that. However, it relies on first on the guy on the other end to also have the same practices with his phone, right? Or or her phone, right? And it also means that you were sound enough in your tradecraft to not do any of the same patterns of life that you would have done with your normal phone. And I haven't met anybody yet. Uh, and, and, you know, I've, I've worked with some fairly well-versed individuals in, in trade craft and, you know, all, all the cool guys stuff. I haven't met anybody yet who has, um, truly impressed me in in the, their ability to obscure their patterns of life to, to that level, to that degree. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, so, you know, in, in short, no. There's no such thing as a burner phone because, again, those patterns of life are what is going to get you made if someone wants you bad enough. All right. So the idea of using a disposable phone, a track phone, uh, straight talk, whatever, um, might be a really good one if, you know, your, your adversary, whoever it is that you think is hunting you, doesn't have the capability or doesn't have the skill level, or you're just not a big enough target, they're, they're going to come at you some other way. That may be true, right, that, that may be correct, but let's say all things being equal— they can still get you based on the proxemics, right? Proxemics are, are what gets people made. That that is, I mean, you know, we did this in Afghanistan. We we got this down to a science, and and it got to the point. And I, I know you guys know this, but it got to the point for for all the listeners out there that in Afghanistan it was instantaneous. As soon as a phone or a As soon as a phone that was already on the JPEG list for exploitation uh, for time sensitive targeting or TSC, as soon as it was cut on or any of the phones that were proximate to it were cut on, we were on top of them. we were already on top of them. we had guys. This was a constant, uh, persistent mission that we had in Afghanistan, especially uh, later on when I was there. Where we we were on standby for for TST missions, and when when these phones on the bolo list got cut on, we were responding to. It. You know, we would sit out by the flight line and and we would be ready to go. So, people have this big misconception. So now now that we've identified, you know, yes, the, the surveillance is there, the capacity is there, right? Explicitly dealing with phones. Let's talk about how to mitigate. Some of it, and and in one case, I'm going to explain how to mitigate all of it. So, the first thing is is that um, I use a phone that was built by a friend of mine. Um, he's he's a close friend. Uh, he's a former Ground Branch guy, um, and and for anybody that doesn't know what Ground Branch is, it's uh, the, the the trigger pullers of the CIA, um, and he's he teaches these courses. Uh, he goes by K as his, his company's combat studies group and he teaches courses. Uh, he, he was actually just at my place, uh, not that long ago. And, and I'm going to get him to, to come back out in September, because um, he lives out West and he teaches digital trade craft as it applies to, um, utilizing tour and, and, you know, it's just really, really good stuff. And, uh, I talked him into writing a book too. So, uh, you know, I, I'm really, really proud of that one because he, he's got a lot of knowledge to get this stuff out there. But uh, I'm utilizing a phone that he put together. Um, it is a uh, an unlocked CDMA phone and it is utilizing a, a operating system called Alex. There are a couple of operating systems that can be used on uh, some Android devices, but they have to have an unlocked bootloader in order to do it. Um, Pine was was one really good one that that kind of started off strong on the market, but I think the funding ran out for it. But uh that, that was a commercially built device, but there's a number of other ones that that are popping up out there. And his, of course, is is one of them. Uh but his run Calyx OS, and and that's what I'm running. Uh Graphene is another operating system, and these are privacy-conscious operating systems that can run based on uh, Android. They're they're running on the Android operating system, but they have a lot of the the features cut out of it and additional privacy features built into them. So you're not eliminating the, the, the nuts and bolts of what a cell phone is doing. However, the traffic that you are sending over it a lot of that is being smoke screened and mitigated to mask a lot of your online activities, which is uh, very important for the next thing that I'm going to explain. There's also a number of messaging apps that are built into it that are really, really good. And the nice thing about this is, is that they're all free. You can download these APKs individually. They're all free. Um, Don't subscribe to any Messenger app. I know that that, uh, some people are talking about some of the ones out there, uh, Threema being one of them, and it costs money. Don't pay for that. Okay, there are way better apps out there than Threema. Threema's been around for a while now, and it's really not that good. All right, so the, the rule of thumb with messaging apps and, and each one of these, the, the quote unquote encrypted messaging apps. So uh, Signal, Wire, Briar, Session, uh, so on and so forth. It, there's, there's a lot of these out there, but those are the ones that, that I'm going to talk about explicitly because these are all ones that I utilize for, for different purposes. So uh, the first thing that I want to explain is start thinking about compartmentalization, who are you talking to and why? And for what specific purpose? Because I may talk to, uh, let's say, you know, Ted over here, you know, fictitious person, right? I'm talking to Ted normally, as I normally would on on a day-to-day basis. And we have a established proxemic with one another where we're communicating. And that's our white side communications. But maybe I need to talk to Ted about something a little more sensitive, right? Whatever surveillance apparatus that's watching me and surveilling me knows that I'm talking to Ted. It created that proximity, right? But what I'm communicating with him of of maybe a more sensitive nature would be red side communications. So we have white side, which is overt, that's, that's out in the open. We have uh, red side, which is more sensitive. And finally, that brings us to black. And black side communications are, I do not want anybody to know that we are talking to one another. I'm mitigating not just my message, but also my proximities. So how do we do that? There there are ways to do this with our messaging apps I'm gonna talk about, right? So taking it from the top, Signal. Because everybody talks about Signal, Signal is kind of the the one that that people uh, tap dance into, and one of the more frustrating aspects I see of, of uh, privacy, security, and anonymity is that people believe that that because Signal, um, it kind of it, it you know it, it uses a lot of buzzword terms, it it, it advertises itself as being encrypted. And so that may be true, but it is not peer-to-peer. And what that means is, is that if, if I want to talk to uh, you, Paul or, or, or Mike, and I want to talk to you specifically, my message is still going through a central node. It's going through a central point, a storm drain, basically, that's taking my traffic in and bringing it back out. And even though signal, the, the company that, that you know hosts all of this and offers you this for free, and, and that should be a warning sign, even though they say, oh, oh, it's encrypted and it's secure and, and you could you could audit the code if you want to. Well, I'm not a computer coder, so I don't have that ability. So base and they know that. They they know that most people don't. So you're you're basically basing that on trust. Right. I, I, well, I'm trusting. I'm trusting. Well, you know, I don't trust people with my life blindly. You know, and, 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 I, and I know you guys don't and nobody out there listening to this podcast shit. Uh, so signal. I don't consider signal useful for anything other than white side communications. Here's another reason why. When you register a signal account, you have to use your phone number. And then they send you a, basically a a key that you have to enter in as a product registration to make sure you're a real person and not a bot. Well, that's problematic too, because what we're trying to mitigate is our metadata. We're we're trying to cut that down. And so because we're utilizing our cell phone uh, or our phone number rather, as passing of that metadata, and, and registering for that account, this this is a problem. And so for those reasons, I tell people that Signal is Whiteside Communications only. We don't use it for anything other than that. All right, so that brings us to Wire. Wire is another one that has been around for a few years now. It is hosted in Switzerland. I'm not going to say that it is Swiss owned because it is hosted in Switzerland. And it is a Swiss company that that runs Wire. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it is Swiss-owned. There's a differentiation there that that people need to make. However, uh, Wire is is really good because Wire, uh, it, it, it allows you to register with an email account rather than a phone number. So now you're cutting down the metadata that's assigned to you quite a bit. Like quite a bit. It allows you to message, uh, make calls, so I can make voice calls out, uh, which is a, a voice over internet protocol or VoIP, right? This this is really important. Uh, for, these are important uh, concepts to understand for, for where I'm going with this. Uh, Wire is, is really, really good because it mitigates all of that metadata and still allows us the same capability and uh, utility of a phone, right? So Signal allows us to do all that, but it has our our metadata assigned to it. Wire allows us to do all of that, but masks nearly all of our metadata that's going across it. So Wire is is a really advantageous uh, app to have in our toolkit. The one other drawback to Wire, other than the fact that they're kind of vague about who actually owns Wire, is the fact that your, your traffic is still going into a central node uh, that, that is hosted in Switzerland, um, but it, it's going to that central node and then it's coming back, right? So, I consider that kind of a drawback because it is not truly peer-to-peer. It is going to a central server and then being pushed back out. That brings us to some of the other apps that are out there, and there are a number of really good ones, and there are new ones that are popping up every day, and, and, you know, I thought that I had a pretty good handle on it. Uh, Kay came out here, was teaching his courses, uh, ground rod courses, and, you know, all of a sudden, I'm learning, you you know, we were just uh, eating chow late in the afternoon, drinking some beer. And I'm just seeing all this new stuff that's popping up. I'm like, man, yeah, this is because he's very meticulous about keeping up with these. Um, Briar is one of these. Briar is a very, very good app to have because there is no metadata that is kept. There is no metadata that is uh, used to register. It gives you a hash when you create an account that is local to your device. And the way that you uh, register other people to to talk to is by scanning their QR code because they have uh, the Briar app and you scan the QR code and now you you become a pair, right? And so you can message one another. It is end-to-end encrypted and it is peer-to-peer. You can also utilize this with Bluetooth. So Bluetooth you know, if you have a Bluetooth extender, you don't have to have cell phone service. You can utilize this over an open Wi-Fi network as well. And, and that's going to be important for what I'm about to explain. Um, uh, so I talked about Briar. Session is another one. Uh, Session, very similar to Briar, very similar functionality. Session, you, you register an account with Session the same way. The nice thing I like about Session is that it makes group messaging. So let's say um, you're setting up a urban surveillance route, right? You're conducting surveillance on, on a static site, and you've got some guys who are, uh, you know, mobile, and, and they've got their surveillance route. Then you've got a couple of guys who are in fixed positions, and, and you have a group message that's going on because in an urban environment utilizing two-way radio is kind of over that that's going to get your guys made but then utilizing a tablet or even a small tablet something that looks like an e-reader that's not really going to attract a lot of unwanted attention uh, whether it's a permissive environment or not it, it's it doesn't really look out of the ordinary. so Session allows for uh, group messaging. There's very little lag to it. It's almost instantaneous. It, it's a really, really good, uh, very versatile tool as, as a messaging. There's some others that are out there. Um, uh, Kutch, which has kind of a weird way it's spelled. It's uh, Charlie Whiskey Tango Charlie Hotel. It looks like Sea Witch. But it's a uh, spelled "kutch," which is a uh, Gaelic for hug. Um, that's another one that, that works very well. It's very similar to session. Um, uh, they, they, again, they, there's uh, Cipher Light is another one, or Cipher Light rather. Uh, Adamant, which uh, utilizes Bitcoin, Ethereum, a lot of your cryptocurrencies. Um, there's there's several out there. Right. But we've kind of scratched the surface on this. What I personally use is the ones that that I've described in here. Here's what I do with them. Going back to your question about how do we mitigate cell phone data? How do we sidestep that? Utilizing each one of these apps. And I have all of them on my thumb drive. I have several of these thumb drives that that uh, and SD cards that, that I can carry literally anywhere. Uh, I travel with them. I don't leave home without them. And as I stated, I can get an Android tablet literally anywhere, literally anywhere if I need one. And I always travel with at least one, right? But it's a Wi-Fi only tablet. This is this is a tablet that doesn't have cell phone service. So like the one that you get from Verizon or or AT&T or wherever, that's basically just a big cell phone. What we're looking for is, you know, go to Walmart, go to the tablet section, like the the electronics section. They have a a, a separate case for tablets usually and just get that cheap O-N-N tablet because that's Walmart's in-house brand. Get one of those. Because it doesn't have cell phone service or or any of that. It's Wi-Fi only. And and here's the thing. It's a stripped down operating system already built into it. So it's pretty simple to get rid of most of the Google stuff that's in there when you're setting it up. You can just go through and delete most of that. Not all of it. Not all of it. Because Android, the... Um, The current iteration of the Android operating system makes it kind of difficult to get rid of all the Google stuff because Google is is another way that that we're surveilled. But you're able to mitigate most of that. Here's what you're going to do. Upload those messaging apps. Upload those messaging apps into it. It, It's very, very easy to run through this. uh, Installing APK files. If, if people get frustrated with uh, Windows, and Windows can be kind of a pain with, with computer, you're going to really like Android because it's, it is it is very, very user-friendly to do all this stuff. So you don't have to be a tech junkie. don't have to be a tech guru. It's it's very easy to, to install these packages, right? And then from there, get on any open Wi-Fi that, that you can find. So let's say um, I install wi for example. I'll, I'll give a, a quick scenario. Let's say I need to uh, make a call to someone who also is utilizing WIRE. Now, we got together previously, um, you know, we, we installed WIRE, we exchanged our identities, um, our, our registration info, and so I take that account. I can literally log into it uh, utilizing my email address, and now all of a sudden, you know, I find myself on the other corner of the United States or, or you know, on the run for whatever reason, and I have to make the call to someone that I'm coordinating with, but I'm doing it absent a cell phone because I understand that I'm being tracked via my cell phone data. That's the primary means by which I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to be surveilled as well as followed and, and tracked and pinpointed and what have you. So I'm gonna upload wire. I'm gonna get on my wire account that we previously set up. And that's how I'm going to message it. And I'm as you know, we'll have, we'll previously have a code word or something that, that we would use um, and say, hey, you know, something's up, need to give you a call. And I can make a call over the internet to that other wire account and there's no metadata that's included with that. Other than the fact that I'm using a, the, the Wi-Fi only tablet and the point of origin of that call was made from some public Wi-Fi somewhere. But by the time I'm done with that call, I'm out of it. So somebody would have to know first that that's how I'm operating. And that would be their avenue of approach. They would have to know all that previously in order to index that data and then further analyze uh, where I, you know, where where was my last known location, right? So that's how you mitigate cell phone traffic. That's how you sidestep the whole question of cell phone surveillance. And that's how you demystify all of that. Is it a perfect solution no it's it's not a perfect solution Um, again if it it's it's all of this information that I've explained here is in perpetuity you know what is accurate to say today may not be accurate you know six months down the road twelve months down the road and with the advent of, of quantum computing and AI is uh, being utilized for predictive analysis, things may change. Things probably will change, but here's, here's the principle everybody needs to keep in mind. First your watchword is, is metadata mitigation. However much metadata I can mitigate is, is good for me. The, the more metadata I can eliminate from my, uh, my my digital exhaust and what I'm transmitting outward to the world, the better off I'm going to be. Second, uh, and and this is critically important too, peer to peer. As I'm using messaging apps, they need to be peer to peer. That's what I want to look for. And and the ability to use them over Wi-Fi as well as Bluetooth, as well as Bluetooth. Because if I can transmit that data uh, over, you know, a a relatively local distance via Bluetooth.
1: Yeah, that's the way to go. I'm
2: hiding in plain sight in urban environments. And if I'm operating in an urban environment that may be semi-permissive. And I mean, let's face it, most urban environments are semi-permissive in the United States. Because of a lot of factors, I mean, crime, but also the surveillance apparatus that, that exists. Um, this, this is how you sidestep all of that. So those messaging apps, uh, messaging apps that are peer to peer and have peer to peer capability that don't go to a central server node location, that you're you're messaging one another. That's what you want to look. For. Um, that way, you know, and, and you're sidestepping the, the whole question of um you know well it, do i have to trust this app you, you know it, well it doesn't even matter because your data is not going to a central collection location it's only going from point a to point b the sender to the receiver there is no man in the middle and so it, it, it really doesn't matter if you know you entrust the you, you know you're you're entrusting your life to the intention of some developer that, that may not share your same values on civil liberties that all may be true uh you know who knows you, you can't sit down and, and have a beer with them so you, you don't know but you're mitigating what's being collected and that should be your watchword and so you know the the apps that i mentioned today again all things are in perpetuity 12 months from now you know it it might be proven that, that some of those apps really weren't that good. Who knows? And, and and maybe they will be. But I can tell you this, uh Signal, Signal's, you know, kind of been in the hot seat a lot recently for a lot of reasons. You know, and and the all those reasons are valid because their data, again, they're collecting metadata and it is going to a central location before it is getting transmitted back out. So our messages may be encrypted, uh, you know, end to end digitally encrypted, but the, the capacity to monitor them is still there. So with that said, that's going to bring me to the next point. Physically encrypting your messages versus only relying on digital encryption. And there is a pretty substantial difference. So. You know, early in in this episode, I talked about uh, digital forms of encryption. I mentioned AES, which is Advanced Encryption Standard, Um, you know, 128, 256. We've got DES encryption. Um, You know, these these are all forms of of hard encryption that is taking a a piece of data and making it unanalyzable by people who do not have the key right? Because that's the whole point. Well, you're also placing a level of trust on that system. You know, we know that AES-128 has been broken. Um, AES-256 is mathematically breakable. There is, um, while it hasn't been publicly broken yet, I would venture to guess that Uh, with quantum computing being what it is today and becoming ever more advanced, it's not going to be long before AES-256 is going to be publicly broken. Um, You're also relying on the devices themselves and the exploitation of the devices itself. This, This leads us to a requirement for physical encryption. And so physical encryption is where I'm not solely reliant on the, the piece of hardware itself to do the work for me, I'm actually taking whatever the contents of my message is and encrypting. So there's a lot of ways to do this, um, you know, a brevity matrix. I, I'll put it like this, you know, a, a lot of the, the older guys that, that you know, I, I've met and got to work with, you know, the generation previous to mine, um, you know, that had the, the old CEOI, Communications and, and uh, electronics operating instruction that had code words built into it and a brevity matrix right. and this this is back you know in the Cold War era and and before when you know we we didn't have all the, the fancy built-in electronics stuff uh, electronic encryption devices and techniques and so you had to rely on other needs. but it's also like in the movie Casino where um, You know, they're talking over the phone. They know that they're being surveilled. So they're using a whole other set of words that just sounds like their conversation is nonsense because they're speaking in code. So that's physical encryption. That's an example of of physical encryption. And your messages, if they are that important, you need to be looking at ways to physically encrypt them. Um, I talk about this in, in uh, the gorillas guide the about thing how to do that uh trigrams is is an old school way of doing it that also allows us to take a, a what would be a very long message and shorten it down to a, a much smaller one and I have a list uh, a sample list of those trigrams um, built into the back of the book so the the last um, dozen pages or so, is a whole sample trigram list so so people can practice. But another good way to do it, uh, maybe even a a step up from the trigrams because trigrams can eventually be broken if somebody really wants to, it is a game of math. But one-time pads or the Vernum cycle. And a one-time pad, when you utilize it properly, meaning it is only used once, only once, and I cover the the whole instructions for this, how to do this, a, a, a sample message. We run through the whole thing in the Gorilla's Guide to the Balfang radio. Uh, we also do it quite a bit in class as well. Um, this is how you physically encrypt your messages. And if you're doing that, they're going to be truly unbreakable. And it doesn't matter what means You're sending them over, whether it's, you know, two way radio or, uh, you know, the tablets, messaging over tablets, the the way that I've talked about, um, you know, or or, or really any other way, you know, writing up messages on on a stop sign or something with a sharpie and and anything in between. Those messages are unbreakable. And there's a reason that, that we have utilized them and we still utilize one time pad. Uh, in the form of Diana, the Air Force uses it for uh, uh, their global HF net for sending an emergency action messages. So they're still utilizing it. I mean, the, the methodology is, is well proven. And so uh, when people are worried about communicating and communicating securely, those need to be your watchwords. So, you know, just to recap. Masking metadata and mitigating as much metadata as possible is really, really important. And that's something people really need to focus on. Um, Getting away from the more overt messaging apps that are out there and kind of looking at some of the, the better ones, make sure they're open source because there's a lot of really good ones that are free that are out there and there's more that are popping up every day. Um, don't pay for them because then it's quid pro quo. And if, uh, some of the ones that are that are paid for messaging services, I have some serious questions about their security on the back end. Because if they're selling you a product, they're selling something else too. Uh, and and then last, you know, practicing physical encryption and you know only communicating with those people that you have compartmentalized, right? And, and, you know, only communicate with certain individuals for certain purposes. And, you know, that's that's really it in a nutshell. It takes a lot of work. It takes more than just a, a this or that solution or a uh, let, let's check one box and be done with it solution. Because it, learning these skills, you know, it is, as much as I hate to say it because a lot of people – um, kind of throw their hands up and like, man, now I got to learn something else. I have to do all the other things. Now I have to learn something else. It's it's like PT. It's like rifle marksmanship. It's like uh, land nav. It, all of these things are a skill that you have to constantly work on to get proficient. Yeah, great
1: Great, yeah, great, great content. Timely information, and I think, fantastic. I think what's what's real important is, uh, is really just the realization of how uh, modern day communications works. Okay, the the I, I think you touched on it. Uh, you know, the idea of the of the secret uh, phone. You know, we're able to do anything you want on this thing, right? Uh, without anybody uh, you know interfering or, or listening in. That's just nonsense. It's really just – it's really uh, – secure communications really hasn't changed. Um, it's just practicing good – number one, understanding communication, having sort of a a, a sort of a nomenclature and understanding the, kind of how communications work, especially in the cell phone uh, uh, system, okay? Understanding the central nodes and what those things really do, and, and you really want to avoid them because that's really where the collection usually takes place. And then just uh, – understanding uh, just good sort of opsec and sort of uh, keeping it simple, stupid using some of the simple programs that are that are, that are, that are uh, minimizing uh, you know how far out your communications is going. Just communicate with who you need to communicate directly in, uh, in a short distance, okay. Uh, setting up those brevity codes, setting up those one-time pads. Um, but yeah you're absolutely correct uh, communications is important I'm glad you talked about uh, the importance of uh, uh, kind of getting uh, getting in in your, in your team if you will and kind of talking through this and coming up with a, a plan and the event that you need to have secure communications you know how you're going to do it and what it's what's this going to look like and what are what are you using uh, so yeah great information definitely on time uh, it's a it is a rapidly changing environment Um with the uh, the improvement in computers and what have you, and I think, I think again you've said this before, and you're absolutely right. It just keeps coming back to us. Uh, some of these old skills, some of these old yeah. camo uh, skills, are still very much uh, alive and well today as they were back when they were first utilized. Uh, NC Scout, thank you for yeah. you know joining Fantastic us today. Comments are- uh, and we're definitely going to bring you back in the future and, and, and talk more fun fun topics. Thank you all. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Pinelander Podcast. If you enjoy our unique content, please consider supporting our sponsors, Soft News, providing special operations news from around the world. It's where Paul and I go to keep abreast of what's going on within the soft community. Check them out at soft.news blacksmith publishing been serving the warrior class since 2013 they have great titles written for warriors by warriors if you're looking for excellent reference material or just want to unwind with a great novel be sure to check out the bookstore located at blacksmithpublishing.com if you're looking for some cool pinelander apparel head on over to the general store Located at PinelanderGeneralStore.com. That's all one word, PinelanderGeneralStore.com. Have a great selection of shirts, hats, jackets, sweaters, stickers, patches, artwork, and a whole lot more. Check out the store at PinelanderGeneralStore.com. If you're interested in helping develop our country's next generation of warriors, please consider donating to the American Agogi Project. The mission of the project is to foster an environment producing able-bodied citizen warrior men of fine character. And we'll be officially launching the project in 2023 in celebration of uh, Blacksmith Publishing's 10th anniversary. Until our next meeting, stay mentally and tactically smart, physically and spiritually strong, and socially astute. To each other, we pledge our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. May God continue to bless Pineland.